Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. You're listening to Executive Matters on Africa Business Radio. I'm Bimbola Awiyeli. Our executive for today's podcast has a first-class degree in accounting from Modibello University obtained in 1985. Four years later, he became an associate member of the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Nigeria, ICANN. Hassan Usman is the current managing director of Jai's Bank. How do you self-motivate? Well, um, so Jay, uh, motivation for me is about setting realistic goals um, uh, that um, are achievable and when achieved, uh, they will be a source of even further motivation for, for one. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's always good to look at what is... Um, uh, what, what type of goals uh, one uh, put to achieve in, either in life or in business that makes sense uh, for all the stakeholders uh, if it is in business um, the shareholders have aspirations um, the full set the, the business your customers have aspirations they want some level of uh, service and value added um, uh, to their business uh, your colleague staff they also have uh, their expectations. So uh, goals around all of these um, various stakeholders that uh, will uh, balance um, uh, aspiration and, and increase the value of the firm uh, are what um, as a CEO motivates me. Thank you for that. Is it safe to say that a sense of accomplishment rather of your goals motivates you based on your response? Yes, uh, and and also uh, when I'm unable to achieve, uh, I I am realistic to look back to say what are those things that uh, I should have done differently so that we uh, employ those to correct uh, and, and align um, our strategies and and, and tactics so that the overall goal in the long run is achieved. All right, that's good. All right, as a top executive with a lot of responsibility, how do you relax? Mm. I, I meditate by my calling. Um, there are constant um, uh, rituals that I do. When I say ritual, there are, there are things that I do on a day uh, to day basis um, in between uh, hours that. Uh, make me to now relax and refer 
my mind, clarify my objective um, and make uh, the work less uh, burdensome. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next one. If you were to change one thing, just one thing in the current industry that you are, what would that be? In the banking industry, you mean? Yes. Or let's just say financial services industry generally. If I can change the nature of financing to look longer term rather than short term, that is significant for me because it is something that will enable um, the economy to invest in areas that are strategic, that are also um, uh, they, 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 they are the engine that will um, leapfrog the, uh, the, the economy and society. But these things cannot be achieved with a 90-day or 180-day money. In my hand, to change the structure of uh, the intermediation in such a way that um, uh, both the investors and the issuers are looking at longer-term um, uh, perspective. Uh, this perspective will be uh, better will better serve this nation all right sir. okay let's cast our net wider uh, looking at the current state of africa right now uh, this current landscape in terms of the potentials of the continent the current you know difficulties and all that how would you describe the continent based on the current realities it will seem to me that one of the major a major constraint uh, in Africa is getting the right leadership hmm. uh, that uh, will um, harness the rich potentials hmm. uh, by way of um, human and natural resources that we've been endowed with um, in such a way that um, uh, Africa can live the dream of some of the forefathers, those who fought for liberation of Africa. They had a dream, and I, I'm, I'm sure some of them would have been disappointed uh, if you were to wake them from their graves mm. and see that um, we are struggling to feed um, ourselves. Mm. So what what can we do as um, um millennials you know in terms of those disappointments so this is this is more like a follow-on uh, on questions with regards to your response what can we do as millennials looking at um the opportunities that we have access to based on the, of the of, on the advancement in terms of technology and innovations that we have right now what can we do how should we be thinking as millennials or as you know business executives like yourself well, uh, you see, the, the millennials have um, advantage, but they also have huge distractions hmm. that that they have to cope with. Um, in this millennia, um, once you have the basic literacy, you get to some level, um, you are able to compete 
in terms of access to information and knowledge mm. within China, anywhere in the world, because of the advent of the internet and uh, the related technology around uh, around that. But but this also comes with a lot of distractions. So millennials have therefore the possibility to leapfrog um, their um, uh, the achievement of their goals and become um, very successful if they take steps to deal with the distractions hmm. that come uh, that uh, you have the technology comes with and face squarely uh, the very good uh, things like innovation, uh, ability to use ICT to solve uh, social and economic problems and make money out of hmm. out of out of that. And the millennials have among them worldwide very good examples to copy from. But like I said, the challenge is um, how do they deal with those distractions around the various capacities that ICT or information technology has opened uh, in this millennium. Mm. I believe uh, millions of millennials on Africa Business Radio that are listening will take note of that. How do we manage and deal with the distractions that confront us on a daily basis and, of course, take advantage of the opportunities that we have. Okay, now let's look at the current landscape in terms of the pandemic, the coronavirus, COVID-19, and the global pandemic, and the fact that it has affected the business landscape, the global economy also been affected and know that. What lesson have you learned from this, both in terms of business and also as a person? Well, I'm sure even the most extreme Republican would have realized that uh, the world now is a global community hmm. and that um, when we take decisions, we need to reflect on the fact that these decisions can come back to us uh, because the ripple effects of whatever we do hmm. can move uh, um, so rapidly and we can reap whether good or bad what we um, we are sowing for the world because now whoever takes decisions around the globe is taking decisions on behalf of the world because uh, we are now a global family that um, we can see the impact of uh, what has happened in China, started in China, and in a couple of weeks, it's already in the U.S., and before you know it, by February, March, we have it in Africa, almost disrupting everybody. Uh, and, and, and look at what happened to the aviation industry um, it's, it's global, so 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 these things uh, I believe should have been some good lesson for all of us uh, to know that the the world belongs to all of us, uh, whether it is uh, global warming, climate change, um, uh, all of these uh, um, uh, sustainability issues must be taken very seriously because um, there is no island now in, 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 
it's not uh, 18th or 17th century when you can mm. have uh, an island that um, is self-sufficient or otherwise. Mm. All right, thank you for that, sir. All right, so let's uh, get personal a little bit. Who are your role models as a business leader and also as a person? Who are your role models? Well, let me say that, to be honest, in terms of role model, I would say the person that I copy most every day in my day-to-day activities yeah. is my first role model. And and that's my prophet. I see. Um, because uh, everything that I do, uh, there is no other person that I copy on a day-to-day basis like 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 him uh my mother has been a very strong influence uh on me um uh she was uh, an entrepreneur uh in in her in her own world uh, <laughs> very hard working but she taught me um hard work um as a young uh um uh, very young uh, chap, I help out in her uh, little business. Sometimes uh, waking up very early to do that, uh, those chores before going to even school in the morning. So that uh, a basic foundation, that hard work um, is what uh, define you as as a person and that it will not kill you but rather it will mold you into mm. a very uh, tough uh, and uh, persistent uh, human being mm. uh, me um, that stand out in terms of because you know what you build when you are young is what um, defines many of what will happen to be in life mm. but thereafter I think I'm I was very lucky to have worked with uh, various um, colleagues, uh, both those I refer to, those that were peers, and also those, even those who were reporting to me, uh, who were very dedicated, honest, and um, have this service mentality of uh, serving the business, um, working very hard to improve uh, whatever position that they find, uh, and and focusing on uh, on the customer, uh, uh, those uh, very many that I cannot uh, put all their names here. Uh, uh, some of uh, the role role models that I have been lucky uh, over the last 30, 35 years um, uh, uh, that I have uh, that been working uh, out of of the family. Fantastic. What would you like to be remembered for? Well, you see, it, one of the reasons uh, that I left <coughs> um, uh, conventional banking to that's uh, 15 and a half years ago to join the Giants project is to ensure that uh, we create an institution that will deliver financial inclusion. Because as you are aware, um, there are many um, people who would like to bank um, that were either banking half-heartedly or were not even banking at all. So they were not accessing uh, financial services. Uh, and, and some of them, uh, uh, for the first time, 
uh, we were able to get them to join uh, an open account uh, with the bank. But the most of the uh, section of this clientele that we have that we are very um, proud to to associate with or to, to, to pioneer are the women in the villages that we were able to put into uh, what we call financial inclusion branches. These were women who never had um, anything mm. to do with the bank in the rural areas that we started to pilot um, a, a program where we give them equity. You know, traditionally banking is uh, bring open account deposit so the bank can use it as raw material. So we said, let's change the narrative. Uh, you come open an account, we give you equity. Go and do your business. And we share the profit or loss that you made. So you became investors and in their businesses. Exactly. So we are taking stake and believing and trusting in them. Um, and this system, because also we are doing equity, we have to be meeting with them on a monthly basis. So uh, officers, um, they come by themselves to say, this is what we did over the last one month. This has been the profit we made. This is your share. Uh, this is what we intend to save. So we now start to have a saving account for them. So create a saving culture. And um, for the first time, they got to know what an insurance is. So we also cover them, put an insurance cover around uh, basic risks that they are exposed to. And very soon, um, uh, if we uh, complete this round of uh, piloting, we will put also health insurance on top of this. So we intend to layer various services that are going to improve their standard of living bring them into the economy properly and also help them to take care of their families, especially the young ones. So they, they, you break the cycle where these parents are not able to take their children to school and maintain them in, in the school. So if this uh, is and other banks carry this project and uh, we have about 30,000 now we are working with we, we hope in the next two, three years we have up to about 250,000 we are working with. If we can have this uh, and maintain it and grow it and other uh, banks um, and other uh, individuals and, and NGOs carry on on this and then they will say Hassan Usman was part of the team that set up this that will be a payback for me, inshallah. Hmm. I think it's an inspiring story, I must say. Okay, now let's go back a little bit. Tell us the journey that took you to where you are right now. Um, okay, do you mean as uh, a staff of Jais or my as, personal self? Yeah, your personal self, you know, that took you to where you are in terms of being an executive at Jais Bank right now. Your career journey so far. Well, by October, that's next month. Yes. 15, I will be eight years old. Wow. I was born and bred in Katsina State, uh, Dora Emirates. Specifically, my local government is called Aule. It's one of the, uh, the most remotest. Uh, <laughs> my village 
village is just about two and a half kilometers to the Niger Republic border. So, wow. perhaps uh, if uh, the time of Shagari, maybe they will want to repatriate me if I go to politics <laughs> to say that I belong to. Anyway, um, it, I grew up in the village, uh, but you know, uh, and this is what one very sad thing that has happened to this country. Um, and then education, uh, even at the village level, was quite strong. Um, uh, we were able to compete even when we left primary school to join a secondary school. By 1975, I was in GSS Daura. Uh, and from GSS Daura, I was transferred to a commercial college in Zaria. Um, and I'll tell you, um, uh, before going to commercial college Zaria, mm. what I thought of doing was to uh, finish my secondary school and then go and teach in primary school. That was my world. Um, as much as you could dream. I, I, exactly. Because, um, and this reflects something, because the teacher then in the village was just next to the village head. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, he was such an important personality because his pay was probably even better than that of the village head. He's able to get the best um, house to live in, the best environment, the best food he can buy, everything can. So, so you, the, the impression is if you are a teacher, you have, everything is, is given to you. Um, by the time I progressed my education in, in secondary school, I then realized that there are other that one can do besides teaching mm. and that uh, the education has just begun. Uh, and um, coming uh, from this modest, humble background in the village, mm. uh, in my secondary school, I came top. I got a distinction. Don't, then uh, it's not about... Um, uh, I'm saying this with all sense of humility just to describe how things have changed. Mm. Uh, today, the same type of child from the same village has no chance mm. to rub shoulders with the type of uh, children mm. that we were in the same class with. Mm. Because at that time, even if you are the son of a minister or son of a colonel or brigadier general or general, mm. you still go to that same To the same school. school. Exactly. You rub shoulders with with uh, the uh, child from the poorest family, and he can beat you because he does not have distractions, <laughs> as you probably have been. He didn't have pocket money to go and spend. <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, by the time uh, I finished secondary school, I already knew that um, uh, I have changed uh, my horizon, um, uh, and I went to the university. And because of my commercial college background, I decided to read accounting. And, and uh, again, to show how a villager can come to a university, then as Amadou Bello University, by 1985, I passed with a first class degree wow. in accounting. So, so you can, you see how things have changed. Imagine the same child from that um, uh, local, Village, village today, going through the same trajectory. 
it's, 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 uh, it's almost an impossibility. Hmm. And two years after my, uh, uh, by 1987, I already had done my ICANN and I qualified as a chartered accountant uh, uh, in 1987. Um, that's two years after my graduation. Um, as somebody coming from Casino State in that remote hmm. location. So, so uh, that's my academic journey. And I started, uh, and, and you can also see, I was uh, disappointed when I was posted to serve in Sokoto. Because I wanted to go to Ogun State or to River State. Why should I? Sokoto and Casino is fairly the same. <laughs> but as God it, I served with Deloitte. So that gave me the impression that, uh, in fact, my head of department of accounting said, come back and teach. And I was persuaded. But by the time I started uh, my uh, um, NYC with Deloitte, uh, I realized that as an accountant, uh, you cannot be complete accountant if you have not done your ICANN. I can. So, hmm. so yes, so that changed my 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 life uh, from becoming an academician to becoming a practical accountant. So um, I saw an advertisement, and you see how uh, things were in 1985, 1986. I saw an advertisement from a Lagos manufacturing company, and I applied. And they called me for the interview. But even then, the postal system uh, was um, afflicted. So I did not receive the invitation until about two weeks after the interview. Then I called the company and said, I just received the invitation. They said, come. And I went to Lagos by myself. Today's child, even after university, you can't send him from Daura to Lagos by himself. He will not go. <laughs> But I, 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 I took a, a car from Sokoto to, to Lagos and uh, I did the interview and they gave me a job. And suddenly I was in Lagos working for the first time, being in Lagos for the first time. And I started working, my working career in Lagos 1986. So, but as soon as I qualified, I went to Panelka Foster, it's an auditing firm to do my articleship in Kaduna. Uh, after uh, my articleship in Kaduna, I joined uh, NNDC, New Nigerian Development Company. It's, uh, it's a, a regional uh, development company akin to Odua Group. Mm. Uh, and um, by 33 years, I was a financial controller. Um, and um, after that, I said, okay, I, I, if you are an accountant, I, I, unless you want to become MD, uh, this is your bar. So I went to Nal Merchant Bank in Lagos, um, uh, starting as their financial controller. I became their treasurer and then uh, group head of uh, financial advisory services. Uh, that is up to 2001. Uh, from there, I uh, went to um, uh, FinBank or Inland Bank, and then went back to NAL again, uh, and finally left NAL in 2005. NAL in 2005 to join Jai's project. Um, uh, then uh, Solido came 
uh, we thought we would get a license in 2005. We did not get a license until 2012. So we were working in the project, trying, going from pillar to post, looking for additional capital. Because if you recall, Saludo came and changed the space of banking in Nigeria. He increased the capital requirement from what we had then, which was 2 billion naira, or equivalent to about 30 million dollars, to 200. No, it was equivalent to about 20, 25 million to 200 uh, plus million dollars. And that became almost an in impossibility. Um, we only got to um, to get a lesson uh, in 2012, uh, in 2011, and started the bank early uh, in 2012. So between 2012 to, to date, I have served as a general manager uh, uh, in charge of uh, investment uh, from 2012 to 2013. I acted as MD for about six months and became an ED, I mean, I was promoted to ED, acting MD um, in 2013. Uh, and then uh, by 2016, uh, June 1st, I became the septum MD of the bank. That is uh, four years after the commencement of the bank, I became the septum MD. Uh, and I have served uh, on four years now. Uh, I'm in my fifth uh, year now. Hmm. I am personally inspired by your story. Looking at where you come from and where you are today, I think every young Nigerian needs to be able to hear this so that we understand how much our country has changed and where we are today and what we should be focusing on. All right, before I let you go, um, there are young MD, young CEO and entrepreneurs out there who are listening right now. What advice are you going to give them? You have occupied leadership position across different business units and even within the financial services industry. So you've seen it all. What advice are you going to give to a young CEO or a young entrepreneurs that is listening right now? Well, for me, it is significant for people in authority to be able to turn themselves. Um, because power, they say power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Uh, so if you are in position of authority, uh, you should be able to tame your personal desires uh, because there are ten temptations um, for, for one to want to um, gratify oneself. That is very critical because if you follow the desire, you will not be able to focus. And you will not be able to see things uh, rightly and correctly. You will not be able to take um, good decisions. And uh, in, uh, in position of authority, decision making is very critical because if, uh, if you take decisions uh, with tainted mind or uh, without um, focusing on, on the reality of the issues, that is possibility of um, a huge mistake being taken in the process. Of course, uh, institutions put uh, controls around 
CEOs and this. But uh, like I said, once you are in position of authority, depending on your inclinations uh, and your inability to tell yourself, um, you could influence um, even those controls and that can be very tragic. Secondly, I think that um, uh, one has to be um, humble uh, and, and be able to carry uh, his colleagues um, because uh, it, is, it is like a chain and that chain uh, cannot move in unison if um, the weakest uh, link is not taken care of. So you have to, you have to be able to uh, have uh, empathy uh, and, and, and know that um, people will have uh, different uh, differences and they also have different capabilities. Thank so, you. But once you balance this, you should be able to, to cross along and get to your goals. Thank you very much, sir. It's been uh, very much inspiring chatting to you personally this evening. Any last word? Any final note from you? Well, this pandemic and the difficulties that Nigeria is facing is a challenge, great challenge, but it's also an opportunity for all of us to work uh, smarter and together to know that um, the current level of um, productivity cannot sustain this nation and that uh, this nation, on the other hand, has great potentials, which um, we, can, we can definitely unleash these potentials for the benefit of uh, the next generation. Uh, because we owe them um, this responsibility to bequeath uh, a nation that is on the sound footing to be um, recognized as a world uh, leader in the affairs of nations. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Soji, yeah. uh, for having me. It's been great talking to you. Me too. And I must congratulate you on Jayesh Bank. I think what you guys are doing is very fantastic going to serve people that probably almost have been neglected you know and you're bringing them into the former financial services so that they can also access some of this product i think it is very commendable and I applaud your work for that sir thank you very much thank you Sergio. thank you sir enjoy the rest yeah. of the day and happy new month thank you very much Sergio. all right sir bye bye sir You've been listening to Executive Matters. Join us for our next conversation with yet another industry captain on Africa Business Radio. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. 
Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal.